Hello everyone, this is Word with Dave Clay. So you wake up in the morning, and aside from other things you might first do somewhere earlier in your day, you're going to take a look in the mirror. Why do you do that? Obviously, you can't see yourself quite so clearly and so well uh, from within yourself, and obviously, in an equally obvious way or manner, the mirror gives you a bit of a better perspective. But you still have to be the judge. And how many of us, by the time we get to the place of looking in the mirror and preparing ourselves for either what we're about to see or what we're going to carry forth throughout and into the day, as attached to our sense of self and persona, have looked and quickly said, Oh my goodness, what is that staring back at me? Psychology Today... July, August, 2023, The Radical Threat of Photo Filters by Gwendolyn Seedman, Ph.D., and Keith Feigenson, Ph.D. We are not the first to point to one of Silicon Valley's favorite tenants, moving fast and break things, move fast and break things, and say, that's fine, as long as those broken things aren't people. Nowhere is the risk more apparent than with TikTok's bold glamour filter. It is a live action video distortion filter that beautifies any person using it, altering facial features and delivering an image with flawless skin. The results are technically impressive. The filter can indeed seem to turn any face beautiful. Broadly speaking, there are some arguable benefits to using reality distortion filters during virtual communication. But widespread, everyday adoption of this technology has the potential to be quite harmful, particularly for young people. What's different about bold glamour? There are arguments to be made about the biases inherent in designing any facial modification technique. Previous beauty filters have been identified as not working identically or effectively for people of all races, and critics have pointed out that there are no universal standard for beauty. So there's a risk in a single person or company defining one for the entire population. These are important discussions, but we would argue that they really or they don't really matter in the context of the harmful effects new filters can have on the way people feel about their appearance. Regardless of the rules used by a platform's algorithm, its filter will show people in real time what they actually look like compared to what they should look like. Apps have done this before, mostly with still shots and to varying degrees of success with live action. Instead of smoothing out and touching up minor, turn the page, turn the page, imperfections, however, bold glamour completely alters faces. It is instantaneous, it is powerful. 
And when people who desire social approval and positive feedback start using it, they will not like what they see, or rather, they won't like what they see when they turn the filter off. Social comparison and mental health. Research has shown that exposure to unrealistically beautiful people, such as those on social media fitness sites, makes ordinary people feel less attractive. The contrast effect created when the unrealistically beautiful image is a version of one's own face could be even more profound. But the contrast is inevitable because the filter forces a direct comparison between oneself and an altered or improved version of oneself. Research has shown that people are already prone to comparing images of themselves with and without their usual makeup. Surveys have found that women who extensively photo edit or use filters on their photos tend to have poor body image. But experiments designed to test the immediate effects of image editing have yielded mixed results. One found that photo editing a selfie led to decreased satisfaction with one's facial appearance and greater negative mood. Another study on beautifying photo filters found that using them doesn't lead to immediate dips in self-esteem or body image. Most professionals who work with children and young adults are aware, at least peripherally, of the increasing rates of negative affect reported by adolescents, particularly girls. A widely discussed recent CDC report found that a disturbingly high number of adolescent girls reported thoughts of suicide and overall negative feelings compared with results from previous years. Social media use is likely just one factor, but it may be an important one. Teens and young adults use photo filters extensively which is a problem for a cohort already at risk of making upward comparisons and suffering declines in self-esteem. Many schools educate on internet etiquette and safety, but much of that time is spent on information sharing and privacy, not the potential emotional effects of reality distortion filters. How we can prevent harm. The effects of technology, of a technology that creates such realistic and dynamic contrast is especially likely to lead to dissatisfaction with one's appearance. Parents and therapists should ask children what they know about these filters, how they use them, and how they feel about their images. You can shout to the sky that appearance has no relationship to self-worth, but young adults will still value being physically attractive. We need to explain to them how this filter applies to its alterations, uh, to its alterations a set of standards that have never been universally agreed upon, are likely to be culturally sensitive, and can affect self-esteem. Research has not kept up with hyper-realistic dynamic filters, but we would not be surprised if their users experience an increased risk of appearance dissatisfaction, mental health episodes, and even self-harm or suicidal thoughts. Again, the article 
the radical threat of photo filters by Gwendolyn Seedman, Ph.D., who is a professor of psychology, and Keith Feigenson, Ph.D., an associate professor of psychology, presumably both at Albright College. Getting back to the mirror. There's this disorder, I was going to say thing, but it's a disorder that's called, or at least has a component, of body dysmorphia. Uh, It is more symptomatic than it is actually a disorder in and of itself, but possibly one day it'll become a body dysmorphia disorder. It's typically associated with eating disorders, but I think it's more universal. But it isn't, in my opinion, being universal across the board, period. (laughs) Whatever the category, whatever the factor you might look at, we're all prone to it. I don't think it just has to do with physical appearance. I think it has to do with image, not only body image, but as the article makes the association, self-image, and what is then self-image, but how you perceive yourself. And with that, image is a psychological, how you perceive yourself, self-image, self-esteem, self-concept, is a psychological construct which means that somebody has to make it up. Certainly, there are social influences. The article captures that very, very well, as does TikTok, (laughs) which then has as possibly the only real claim to fame is that it's chock full of social influencers who otherwise support in a fiduciary financial sort of way its existence. Does that mean that's all that you're going to find on TikTok? No, but it does mean that the world of TikTok is in much the same way a construct. It is artificial. It is a person or as all those that are on TikTok becomes an entity made up of many persons viewpoints, perspectives, but all of which tend to then be their own (laughs) judgment of what's either good or bad. Good self-esteem, bad self-esteem. Good person, bad person, more psychologically. Looks good, looks bad, is beautiful, is ugly, whatever, again, would be the measure in terms of that binary sort of way of thinking. I don't agree with that, although I have to say all of us are binary thinkers. What we start out in binary terms should then be moved more toward the middle and not so global. But anything that you present in such a manner or way with that sense of right or wrong, good or bad, psychologically... (laughs) physiologically, self-concept, self-esteem, self-image, body image, when you're judging yourself, you're going to begin there. The peril, possibly so, is age-related, or at least the risk, as then would be with peril, is age-related in the sense young people possibly don't do that as well because Their brain is not in a physiological or psychological, nor psychological, way really 
all that finished. (laughs) And when it is, then hopefully you won't have so much the distortion or corruption. Or there will be implicit in the finishing of that, not only physiologically but psychologically, emotional, cognitive operations, psychosocial and intellectual development, you have a self-correcting mechanism. But that's typically also universally the problem. By the time you get there, all of these distortions, (laughs) because the machinery, literally speaking, operationally speaking, isn't finished. So we should be cautious in making any sort of global sort of assessment or type of assessment or put some sort of label in some sort of some type of right or wrong fashion on anything until you get to be an adult. But that's not going to happen and empiricism dictates that you're going to have a phenomenological, unique, individual experience in life and it's going to be up to you to take what is therefore social influence and somehow use that as feedback to make a very individual or personal judgment of who you are and how are you going to do that in a binary way by contrast and comparison. It's like looking in the mirror first thing in the morning. You wake up and you've forgotten what you look like, it seems, until you look in the mirror. Or you've not been so in a conscious sort of way because presumably because of sleep (laughs) or the world that you habitate, inhabit during your sleep, you've forgotten about all that. Self-image goes away. Or if it is, it's part of a dream state, which by itself or in and of itself is probably not considered by most people to be 100% factual or accurate. And your perception, though it may be in a narrative sort of manner or with that idea of construct, it may be certainly valid to you as with what you are or what you've been or maybe your aspirations to dream. (laughs) Hopefully it's not the impossible dream. It's all part of your phenomenological, once more phenomenological, individualistic perspective. You have a right to that. But mirrors should reflect more so fact and do that objectively than anything that you could come up with inside yourself simply because of either, as we've already acknowledged, some sort of measure of error or failure in the apparatus or the narrative as being distorted by the time you get to be a person. Individual sense of self-identity, there's already a lot of corruption. The self-correcting mechanism, however, should be as objective a lens as possible, unless you fall into the trap of body dysmorphia, or possibly, potentially, relying so much on others, TikTok, social influencers, to tell 
you what you are simply because you've never gotten to the point of either claiming who you are in this manner of agency, independence, autonomy, really, truly sense of self, and then negotiating from that the world. When you're younger and you can't do that, you're very dependent on what others tell you and what they suggest you are and in that what they then in their judgments confer to you about your worth and value, all those goods and all those bads I mentioned earlier. But you have to get to a place where you scrutinize that Give some critical thought to that, lest you just continue a narrative that really may not accurately reflect you in general, in broadest sense, or at any particular moment in your life, because that's really what that is too, that sense of self, that ability to look at you and your world around you and decide what it is, choice you want to do that's most adaptive for not only you, hopefully considering other people, but you have to make that something that isn't so reliant upon others and possibly should begin out of uniquely that individualistic sort of perspective. But you can't get too much in that because the others do represent legitimate, valid feedback. So if I'm making any sense, it's a little bit of a complex maneuver, except that you would have this mechanism. That's what hopefully psychological counseling is predicate upon, the hypothetical reasoning model or model of reasoning, the science model of reasoning. It doesn't tell you who you are, just a good mirror. I can suggest, as being part of that mirror, or that experience of looking in the mirror, I can suggest that I think you might be a bit distorted if I am, as I'm sworn to, (laughs) I give my credence to, my code of ethics dictates, I swear to, (laughs) my best efforts at being bias-free. But I will say, I think you might not be seeing that as accurately. Let's put the lens, put this through the lens of science, empiricism, hypothetical reasoning, the highest order of logic, rationality. Let's take all the data, the feedback that I can help you to consolidate to apply to this mechanism so that you can get in the moment you're in as well as some idea, dream, it's not the impossible dream, where you want to be. But you have to do that or you're going to be living or running once more a risk of living in a fantasy, a dream. And I think for me, the radical threat of photo filters really comes back more to that. It's not reality. It's not even a good mechanism. Is it data? Yes. But it's probably no better than dreaming, especially as you move further and further away from the realities into the distorted world of the virtual. Is it a fun trip? Yes. But so many would say so is acid (gasps) or shrooms. Uh, But there's an equal number of individuals that when you take the ego out of it for a moment, 
and venture into the deeper waters of the potential unreal or the fabricated, if you don't have a north star, you don't have a touchstone to come back to, you don't have some sort of way to reset reality, and reality should represent a truth, not only a truth, your truth, not only your truth, but then again, individually, in context of numbers, many, but TikTok is not that. Most virtual media, as we know it today, is not that. Maybe they should come up with the science filter. Maybe they, rather than all this beautification, maybe they should come up with something that's more empirically sound and we could turn it all on. I don't know that it would make money. (laughs) Uh, Bold glamour filter is what TikTok calls it. You're not going to get that, hopefully, through psychological counseling. Uh, You hopefully will also get a more realistic, haven't used that word yet, reality-based sort of feedback from the people around you. Mirrors are, are good, but they really are only for the physical. It really doesn't capture all the psychological. And there's really no aid a mirror And oftentimes the people that are socially most intimately connected, your significant others, they're not friends included, family included. They're really not capable themselves because of their own distortions. Cognitive operations. And I've not mentioned it, but it needs to be mentioned. There's all this denial, too, when you look in the mirror and you don't like what you see and then you're facing ego death and you don't want to die. You think that somehow it's going to kill you (laughs) unless you like to take those acid LSD sort of shroom trips. But even then, you're in control of that ride. It's not something beyond your control, but if you don't have some reference to come back to, particularly a positive one, if your self-esteem is shot, if you're feeling awful about yourself, if body dysmorphia, ego dysmorphia, identity dysmorphia kicks in and you don't, it really doesn't match what your aspiration would be or your fantasy has sort of come to. And I've spoken mostly of the potential for it to be good or bad. It's still a lie. You're going to lie further to yourself. It's called defense mechanism. It's called denial. Or they are defense mechanisms. There's a number of them. But they all come back to distortion. A willful one, albeit subconscious, of the reality. Simply because we can't stand it. I believe that's what gets into in a bad way, the more negative aspects of gender reassignment. Uh, It is an identity disturbance. But once you make that correction, it's hard to reverse it. And why I would be a big advocate, no one probably should do that until they're an adult. Then if they want to do that, they can. But as an adolescent and a child whose brain is not fully developed, whose ability to use or maybe even know of science, empiricism, who really doesn't have really healthy or truly healthy adaptive feedback from the world they live in, socially 
physically, environmentally, culturally. Don't do it until you know how to make a good choice and decision for yourself. Psychological counseling must be predicate upon that. That's why we, again, follow such a stringent code of professional ethics that includes non-bias, non-judgment, at least when it comes to um, moral judgments. But it's going to be critical. It's not going to be critical as in good or bad, those type again of judgments. But I'm going to ask you to look at yourself for who you really are and then see what is realistically possible and help you make those adjustments. That would be my utility as an instrument, a tool to help you. I want to help you make those adjustments. And that's what you're going to get. For me, though, that's the danger of bold glamour filters. I want to be, maybe I should do that, come up with the science app. Reality filter that we could help everyone tune into. But again, I'm not sure it would sell. A lot of people (laughs) know they need psychological help but won't go in for help or all that denial, all of that again getting in the way. That's why we do the podcast though, is to encourage you. Should you want to reach out to us, you can at 304-523-9673-WORD. You can also find us at thewordhouse.com. You can also reach me at drmdclay at thewordhouse.com. Or once more, (laughs) we're on Facebook. You can also come back, however, to the next podcast because that's why we do it. We want to encourage you. We want to be your reality app. We drop this every week. And we do really, really, really appreciate those who bother to listen all the way through and maybe even choose to come back. So until we get a chance to meet again, you're listening to Word with Dr. Michael David Clay, and uh, I want to wish you the best of not only wellness, good physical wellness, health, but wellness in a mind health sort of way as well. Thanks.